Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Biology Report. Damien Fleming, as always, oh, a big Biology Report here. Uh, Australia and England T20 series uh, IPL starting up, CPL finals. Also, how's the Australian schedule going to go with COVID still lingering around? Uh, joining me as always, uh, co-host with the most S, doesn't even rhyme, Pete Hanscom. How you going, Pete? Great, Flynn, mate. It's good to be back here again. It is. And I tell you what, we've had some big guests, but none bigger than this one, Pete. He's a- I'm excited about this. I've done a bit of work on this one. Uh, Australian comedian, musician, children's writer. You've been watching him on the, uh, the front bar over the winter on Channel 7. Cricket-wise, he's most famous as the Melbourne Stars Chief Hydration Officer <laughs> from 2011 to 2019. The Cricket Bible. Wisdom describes him as a tall, spindly customer who consistently tested the wits of all his illustrious Big Bash career. He was Australia's first true chief hydration officer. His BBL career spanned eight years. Throughout this time, Wisdom said his accuracy, his lion-hearted endeavour, his phenomenal promptitude to the wicket to hydrate stars like Warren, KP, Malinga Hanscom made him a much revered figure. One feels if he was filling this role in the 2005 Ashes series, the Aussies would have won 5-0. It's a big rap from Wisdom. We're a big rap for him, Pete. It's the light-footed Andy Lee. Oh, what an intro. Thank you, Flem. You clearly got my notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> written by my PA. Uh, and uh, and obviously through the editing process, we've got to the, the perfect kind of intro. No, it's all true. And uh, Petey, I'm, I will always serve you, mate. Uh, whatever kind of water you want, no matter how much hydrolyte you want in it, um, I'm here. I'm here, ready to go. You're always the best, Ando. You got out there faster than anyone else. Um, your ability to carry. 12 drinks in one hand um, and still run faster than Usain Bolt, mate. It was just <laughs> bloody brilliant. And uh, we were lucky to have you on our team. He's been kind, Flem. We used to have some running races, Pete and I, and Pete would get me. But a lot of the other players wouldn't. And that's what I love about cricket. It gives, it gives, it gives the non-athletes a fighting chance, the game of cricket, I reckon. <laughs> Well, have you seen those challenges Darren Lehman used to do? He used to pick the slowest player from the opposition team and sort of take them on. Oh, really? He never won. He never won. <laughs> uh, but, but Andy, how did you how did you get in, involved with the Stars originally? Um, 
It was, look, re- a really fortunate time and I'm, an abs- I'm really grateful for all the jokes about how important I was in the team. Um, no, I was just super grateful. It was warning. People mightn't remember this, but the start of the Big Bash, they contemplated having celebrity players. They yeah. didn't think the comp was going to be probably as serious as it got. And it got serious really quickly. So year one, I was actually a registered player. I think it might have been... What year would have been? 2011? 2010 to 2011? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was a registered player and the idea would be that I would play a game at some point. Uh, if it wasn't batting or bowling, at least have a field. And so um, it was perfect timing for me. I, I'd come, uh, come off finishing the radio show. Uh, Hamish and I finished that up in 2010. My girlfriend had just left me at the time. <laughs> and... Uh, and so uh, it was Warnie that reached out and said, oh, we'd love you to be a part of, of the stars. That's what we're doing. And, yeah, to go along and to train with them for all summer, travel with them. Um, I remember Greg Shippard, um, who uh, obviously uh, was, the, was the, cap- the coach at that point, recently won it with the Sixers, I think. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he didn't particularly warm to me, Flem, <laughs> early on. Um, and well, you're, you're a competitor in the stand-up comedy space for Ship. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know how he's, he's, he's very good in that realm. Um, pretty serious guy, but we got to know each other and, uh, and had a great relationship as well. But about game four, um, Warnie wanted to come off for a dart. Um, we were a couple of people down and Warnie yelled out, Andy, come on. And, uh, and, and Ship turned to me and said, there's no effing way you're going. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I realised I might be uh, running the drinks for the entire time. That would have been the chance. I think I went on instead. I was uh, I was top man there for a couple of years, and we had our we had our fun there. Um, yeah, we did. Good I reckon Lord. that was in in Sydney when Morning came off. I went on and dropped the cash, so maybe you should have you should have <laughs> gone on instead. <laughs> well, that was. I mean, that's why Pete and I became good friends, and that's what I that's why I say I'm grateful. Like, obviously, as a cricket fan, that kind of access to being to, that close to the way everyone prepares, and also the way everyone goes about the game. Um, I loved that, but then good pals to come out of it. Uh, and there was a really great group of, of larrikins in there with uh, Bobby Quiney and, and Pete and Luke Wright. And I think there was a, there was a bunch of us that had started in, uh, at the stars and that, that continued for a long time. And did you find, yeah, I mean, I used to always see, uh, you know, bowling in the middle in the warm-up and all that. Did you find your cricket, well, mainly your bowling, improved a fair bit too? Oh, out of sight. Out of sight, particularly in the first two years, people will laugh at me here. But I remember um, I, I'd stopped playing at around 21, 22. Used to play down sub-districts for Bourne. And um, Hamish and I started radio and we were on Saturday morning. So that I gave up cricket to, 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 uh, to do radio. I still think if I'd kept with cricket, it would have been more fruitful than whatever Hamish and I have got up to. But uh, sliding doors. Um, but uh, so... You know, having not picked up a ball or done much at all, the, the occasional T20 knockabout with pals um, or an indoor cricket match, it was fun to go down and try again. And we I'd certainly added, I wasn't not quick at all, um, but I certainly did add pace. And it's having real coaches around. And I certainly wasn't, I was good enough for throwdowns for the good batsmen like Pete. In fact, <laughs> Petey, when he was coming through, he'll testify to this. A lot of the bowlers, Pete, didn't want to wait for you to go into bowling. So you were left with me bowling to you a couple of times. <laughs> It was the perfect practice. You'd come in, put it right on, uh, right on a good length that I could just try and hit you back over your head. It was, 
<laughs> the confidence builder. That's what I was. Awesome. It was awesome. Who'd you, um, I mean, you say you got better. So who'd you, who'd you gravitate to then? Who was your, you know, your coach or your guiding light in terms of a player that got you, you know, probably from, let's say, 105Ks to about 115? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much where it got to. Yeah, it was. Um, ah, look, Mickey Lewis, um, he <laughs> took me under his wing. Um, uh, he, he was great. And, and what was fun was, you know, I remember bowling to, bowling to Hodgie and bowling to Maxwell. That was really fun, but, you know, way too easy for them. I remember Maxie yelling out to me, where's your field? And I said to him, I've got no one on the leg side. No one. <laughs> no one on the leg side. I've got keeper and full ring uh, on the offside. And he goes, okay. And I came in and tried to bowl a wide Yorker. And I thought that I'd executed it perfectly. He hit it between his legs. <laughs> he, he swatted it down through his legs to square leg for four. And I was like, okay, I clearly don't have enough pace here. But I, was in a, I had enough uh, nip to trouble the tail enders. So Clint Mackay, whenever his batting practice was happening, I, uh, I, I could certainly get him out a number of times, which is good fun. Yeah, John Hastings as well maybe would have uh, tried to clear the fence a couple of times. I reckon you nipped him off. Yeah, nicked him up, although I was so scared with the way he wound up that the ball was coming back at me. I don't think I put the effort ball in. I was always releasing and then just covering myself. Yeah, his hands go up so high. He's just like, oh, no, this is coming back at some serious pace. Yeah. Uh, what about did the Yorker improve? Did you, did you grab the ear of Lassit Malinga and have a bit well, of a chat to him? Uh, Malinga, and again, Pete, you may have said this on the podcast already, but Malinga was a fascinating beast because he would bowl a, no more than 12 balls per training session. If that. If that, yeah. And this is, this is bona fide. He would, he would come in and what he would do was, was, was pretty awesome. He'd come in, he'd sling down like, <laughs> he'd sling down two fast Yorkers, two slow ball Yorkers. There, there's four there. He'd bowl two bumpers, then two slow ball bumpers. And then that would normally be his chance to go to the massage table, but he'd be able to go a bit longer he might bowl a length ball and then one more Yorker and that was him. He was incredible and he'd nail it every time. Like we had him at his peak. I remember Cam White telling me that, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of sad that the Stars didn't get the job done during that period because there was no bowler like him. He was going, you know, he was getting four for six and uh, four for six seven. For and seven. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty extraordinary when you could count on having four overs of not going for any runs and a few wickets. Um, uh, it doesn't really come, come about these days. Probably more the mystery spinners it happens to. I, I, one day I said, oh, look, Lassie, I want to face you. I want to face you bowling. And he's like, all right, okay. It was at the, I think it was at Etihad. And, uh, and Jimmy Faulkner was coming out of the nets and I was coming in. And Jim said, why the hell do you want to be doing this? You know, I don't, I don't want to be in here. No one really wanted to be in there facing him for, uh, for training. Um, Jim would face two of them and then tell him to F off to another net. That's how, that's how Faulkner kind of tackled his training. But I went down and, and Malinga said, you, you want to see one? You want to see one first? And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll see one first. So I kind of stood just you know, a little bit outside leg. Anyway, I didn't see it. <laughs> 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 and uh, I quickly thought that was a bad idea, so I didn't bother going on facing it. <laughs> Mate, I was petrified facing him in the nets. We all were, just like Jimmy says. That's, that's bloody true. Like, I reckon I faced him once. I mean, he only bowled limited balls, but 
yeah, it was Yorker, Yorker, but he was good because he'd look after you. His bouncer was always a foot over the head because he had that accuracy. And then in the game, he'd just lower it by a foot and absolutely uh, get it on the badge. You talked about the meticulous preparation of Malinga, Andy. No doubt SK Warren took a similar approach. <laughs> you know what I found great about Warren? He's still good mates now, but he's so good. He gives a lot of confidence to a team, but also sometimes he can't see why others aren't as good as him. And so, so when in his you know kind of coaching well, he's, he's, he's certainly good, particularly with X-Factor players, but I don't think he'd mind me saying at times with someone who's perhaps struggling a little bit, you can't quite see why because he's just so bloody good. <laughs> so he'd ask some things of some players that I don't think had the weaponry, weaponry and then sometimes go to me, oh, God, this guy, what's he doing? You know, and I was like, well... We can't all be as naturally gifted as you, buddy. <laughs> what a beauty. Um, hey, do you have a... I mean, all greats leave a, leave a, leave a legacy in, in any uh, sphere of the world. Um, you know, we thought with Warren, you know, would prompt a generation of, of blonde leg spinners. That hasn't come uh, to happen. What about the chief hydration officer? You know, you, you left a strong legacy. Yeah. We haven't seen... Um, anyone you know rise from the ranks? Do you do you have um, a guide or, or key factors to, to being a, a chief hydration officer? Yeah, well, I think similar to Warren, it's a lot of natural talent. So you know, it's going to be very difficult for someone to come along and be able to run with the you know precise nature that I did. Um, the, the, the main for young hydration officers out there, I'd, I'd say your job. People think when the game's over, your job's over. It's just absolutely not the case. And pe- people will understand this. Um, the, it changes, the, the, the lubrication changes, but as soon as you're in the rooms and there's access to an esky and or fridge, it's your role to make sure everyone has beer in hand uh, as soon as possible. And that was where I probably excelled and kept the team on side. So a lot of great stuff out in the middle, but my off-field work was, was particularly good as well. That was it. It was the behind-the-scenes stuff, Ando, that, um, that really got you uh, in favour amongst the boys. I mean, there were times where I'd come off uh, or we'd come off after celebrating um, a win, you know, sign a few autographs, get down into the rooms, and there's already a cold beer waiting on your seat, uncapped, ready to go. And now that's – you just can't teach that kind of stuff, Ando. That's just true. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That was a thing, Flem. So, and, that, and that's – look, there was – Obviously, I could have gone on for several more years, but I knew that it was important to uh, to step out of the top of my game. Although I did do it, I think, for seven years. That <laughs> was shocking. <laughs> I put eight at the start. It, it, it looked like that. Hey, um, now you both got caps on. What's yep. the hats? What, what's the story here? Oh, well, I mean, I'm surprised to see Pete. I mean, my brother would be so proud of Pete right now. But, um, I'm surprised to see. I'm glad I put mine on. Um, but, yes, there's one rivalry that's bigger than, um, you know, India, Pakistan, Australia and, uh, and England uh, and all the derby and the big bash. It's, uh, it's my brother's mates versus my mates in our annual cricket match. We've tried to play three a year. Normally gets reduced to one. And you're allowed one international. And uh, my brother's team's the Beamers and my team's the Mancats. 
Um, <laughs> don't know why we've both got names <laughs> that are based on the most heinous thing you can do in cricket. <laughs> but um, for people that can't see it, ours was a royal blue cap. Um, it, uh, it, it has the, um, it says bold bat beat on the front of the coat of arms and, it, and it's, uh, it's, it's like the SAS coat of arms, but instead of a gun, it's, it's got, it's, uh, it's got a bat in the middle. Um, I actually think the Beamer's cap is, is, is better. It's uh, a crest with a box in the middle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cricket box. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it just says, we destroy the box. <laughs> and the ball going straight at it. And uh, Pete was part of the Beamers. I think you had success, Pete, in the games that you played. My mate Tom Bayfield, uh, sorry, my, my brother-in-law now, since married my sister, probably after this game, got you out. Uh, and outs, an out-swinging wide, wide uh, of a length delivery that Pete cut straight to point, caught oh. by my friend Tom Bayford. Uh, I think for about 16, where Bobby Quiney had made the required 30 retired for our yeah. team. So we were very pleased to, um, to get in that game. It was a real low for me, that, <laughs> um, that Ando. I'd, I'd really come in with high expectations. The team had been, uh, you know, talking me up and, and wanted me to do well. And I come out and, you know, 16, okay. It's, it's, it sort of, you know, it gets you going. But, um, yeah, Bobby really showed me up there. You know, big left-hander, long, long levers, uh, cleared the boundary a couple of times, which... Yeah, put me to shame. So what are the rules? What what balls are you using? How many overs? Full cricket rules, rules. Full cricket rules. My dad's the umpire. Impossible to get an LB out of him. Like he, he same back when he used to umpire under 12s for me. But it was just... It was what was standard call for an LB? Going down late or pitching outside off? Or? Well, we're playing on synthetic. So it was just, it was so easy for him to say going over the top <laughs> just for anything, even if it was on its way down still. Um, so what we did find out though, we found out who the favourite son was because um, Ando nicked, couldn't have nicked, at, like, he's come off the middle of the bat straight to the keeper. Like, you couldn't believe it. Loudest thing ever. And Mick just goes, uh, nah, not our play on, boys. Thanks for coming. And <laughs> the uproar. You should have seen Cam and his brother. Like, we really found out the, uh, the love affair there. Oh, God. <laughs> you're right. You're right, Pete. I did nick it. Dad looked at me and I shook my head. <laughs> and I've never lied to my dad in my entire life, Slim. Like, growing up, like, I couldn't do it. I just didn't. I just didn't. Kevin did the whole time, but I couldn't. If I'd done something wrong, I would have told Dad by 10 p.m. at night, can't sleep, go in there. So he looked at me and we were in trouble at the time. And I just shook my head. And my brother walked from mid, we, uh, from, sorry, mid on, walked up and said, walk you, C-bomb. <laughs> and, and I said, mate, I'll walk if I hit it. And so we had words and it got all a bit fiery. And I got a single, went down the other end and said to my dad, his dad said, you didn't hit that, did you? And I said, no, no, no. And I just, <laughs> I just didn't want, didn't want that is. But we went on to win that. I, I think I got the required 30 retired and um, we went on to win that one. Um, it cost us a bit that game though, Flem, because Bobby put two big sixes out of the park onto this guy's car roof. <laughs> and uh, he'd come across and had a go. I mean, I was, I was scoring at the time. And he's like, you, you, you know, this, you need to pay for my car. And I said, no, mate, you've parked it there. It's a public oval. Bad luck. And, and as he was arguing with me, Bob put another one on his roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
and it bought the house, like it bought the house down, like everyone, fielders and batting bowling teams, both on the ground laughing. But this guy contacted the council and tried to sue us, sue us for the damages. So we ended up having to, uh, I, we, we argued a little bit and um, Hamish wrote a very funny letter uh, <laughs> trying to get out of it. Uh, but we ended up, uh, Ham and I ended up footing his uh, repair bills for his car and uh, didn't talk about it after that. Oh, wow. Well. I'll, I'll do that, Pete. <laughs> what's, the, what's the score update? Do you, do you keep um, how many wins your brother's team's had or yours? And, and do, you, do you hand over? Like, it's funny enough. Yeah. Today, 167 years ago, the demon, Fred Spoffel, was born. And his 14 wickets in the 1888 Ashes series, you know, inspired yeah. the Ashes. Um, yeah. What do you guys do? Um, we, we play for a, uh, a smashed Ashes. It's a replica Ashes, but it's, uh, it's, it's been smashed up. Um, and it was broken after my, the Beamers celebrated one night and, uh, and one of my brother's mates, Billy Day, glued the entire thing back together. <laughs> incredible. Um, it's a, it sits at about, it's very close. It sits at around about four versus five. The Beamers had a hot run for a while there, my brother's team. But um, it's been hard to get out back out there. One of, uh, dur- we normally have one training session before the season starts each. And uh, it was getting a bit dark. And one of my brother's mates, we trained together, but one of my brother's mates said, uh, Hutch said, hey guys, it's getting a bit dark. Can you slow down the bowling? So, my brother's mate, James Nudie, comes in just, just to give a bit of practice, slows it down. Ball comes straight back at him, hit him in the nuts, hook off the top of his testicle like a cracked egg. And he, no had, to go to, he had to go to hospital. <laughs> no ball. He had to go to hospital. And uh, so he, was, he hasn't played since. He's too scared of it. Um, and as the guys get older, he's since had a kid, though, so it still works. Oh. But um, as the guys get older, it's, um, it's a bit harder. So just... Pick guys that have already got kids. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Don't take a risk. Don't take a risk. Hey, boys, that's awesome. i tell you what, we've got a little segment on here that we tend to rename every episode because I forget <laughs> what it was called the, the week before, but it's time for Pete's Newsweek. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Flem. Uh, that title's getting shorter and shorter each week, which is <laughs> a, lot e- a lot easier. Um, but the music's just as good there, Flem. <laughs> I really like it. it. It gives an air of importance to it, and I, that, that it deserves. To see Bit of that. old BBC. Yep. Yep. Uh, but to start us off, I think the big news uh, in the in the week: uh, England, Australia, the T Twenty international series over in England. Um, great to see Australia playing cricket, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Bloody awesome to see the boys over there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, putting everything on the line. Unfortunately, going down 2-1 uh, in, uh, in the overall series. Um, and it was tough, I think, you know, after that, that game one, you know, England won by two wickets. Um, Australia in a great position chasing uh you know obviously england was set up there by milan and, and butler uh and then finch and warner get australia going unfortunately have a have a middle order collapse and stoin uh our mate stoin and just couldn't 
couldn't get the boys over the line at the end, needing needing six or four to tie, six to win off the last ball, uh, and a nice little York from Tom Curran just got got it done. I stayed up and watched this one, and oh, oh, oh you heard, Flem. And I love Stoin, love oil. I but he just let it go too late. Might be time for an older, wiser head to get in there, like a Dan Christian or someone that can manage the balls. I mean, he's, he knows the the areas over there. But um, yeah, it was nice to see them win the last one. But uh, it was as it was as it was a bad <laughs> as bad a finish as I've seen when we needed. I think it was uh, 40, 46 off uh, forty balls or something. 40, to, 40 off thirty nine at one stage. It's, yeah, uh, it should be from there. With nine in the shed or something. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and credit to the England team as well for you know restricting and putting pressure on the boys. Uh, you know that's credit's where credit's due. That's that's still pretty impressive. I think credit to you, because that that's the late start. I, I watched the second one because that was an earlier start, but mm-hmm. that was about a bit like last night's game, wasn't it? Three in the morning. Oh yeah, it's a tough one. But when you're in lockdown, there is no time. <laughs> there is no date. <laughs> there is no days. It just all molds into one. Nah. Oh, you always were good at staying up at uh, all hours of the morning as well, Ando. <laughs> and getting on a flight the next day is bloody impressive stuff. Um, it's and tough one for the boys too, though, isn't it? Like, it makes sense to start with T20s to get the Aussies back into it. But ideally, if you started with 50 over cricket, you're getting more cricket and then to go back down to T20 series would be easier. But... Mm. A bit of the loss we put down to England cricketers have played a lot, but um, we, we've kept on to number one in the world, which is which is sort of good. But um, there's still still questions, I reckon. Oh, we're still still the best in the world, definitely. There's a, I think that's a big big positive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. England, it's good to see Mitch Marsh finish it off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great last night to come in. Um, off nothing, so just just time in the nets, off quarantine here. You know, it's it's hard to go out there and perform under pressure uh, straight up. And he's gone in at a pretty tough time again, especially after game one where there were, you know, potential yips for the chase. For him to come in, steady the ship, get it done in a Dan Christian kind of fashion there, uh, <laughs> and, um, was awesome. It was awesome. And I'm pumped awesome. for him. He's, He's one of the greatest balls going around. Bull shot off Mark Wood. Yeah, Wood's tried to bounce him. It was about yeah. a foot outside off stump. He absolutely nailed that pitch. And oh. it was great seeing Stoinis up the order as well, you know, batting them around. I think that everyone clicked last night. Yeah, well, we've seen what he does in the big bash. He opens the batting there. He's got the time. He's got the, the amount of balls to to set up his innings. The earlier you get him in... Uh, the better he's he's been bloody beautiful for the last couple of years. Yeah, um, great, great to see him at three, and and uh, a shame that he got going and didn't didn't capitalise on a on a situation where he could have got you know his first international T twenty fifty. Yeah, um, and the middle order is a constant one. I mean, that's the hard thing in T twenty cricket. I mean, you would have seen it in your time in the BBL as well, Andy, isn't it? Like to have that player that potentially only faces eight to ten balls each game, yep. but you, you want. 20 or 25, um, if you can fill that role, you're going to get gigs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, spot on there, Flem. And, and I feel like Australia are getting closer to that. I think I think we really are finding a, a good middle order there. And, and if we can 
I think just keep getting games into these guys, it's it's going to click. Like I love Stoney at three. I, I love Maxi um, down at five because I think he is that guy that can come in potentially, you know, with with a couple of overs left and get you another 20, 30 runs because yeah. um, he's he's a freak. And I know he's he's copped a bit of slack, um, copped a bit of flack this week for a couple of dismissals, but sometimes you got to take the good and the bad with with Maxi and the reason why he is so good is because he takes on these shots early in his innings and he's able to to execute them more often than not. So yeah. I love I love what he's doing. I love how he's going about it. I hope he um I hope he keeps getting that that gig down there. And I suppose, yeah, yeah someone who is going well boys is Agar's bowling. Um yep. and if I've seen him hit plenty of sixes, he's not not automatically go there hits it, but if he can just progress his batting a little bit too, because at seven, if if, if your main spinner or second spinner can can play that role with a bat, that's an important role, isn't it? Well, that's what I've seen in in T Twenty cricket, especially with off spinners. I don't reckon there's any out and out off spinners that that can't bat. Um, you look at Moeen Ali, uh, Jadeja, these guys that play international cricket that are finger spinners. Um, they can all come in and, and, and get a boundary pretty quickly towards the back end, whether they're batting seven or eight. Um, they've got the skill with the, with the bat. I love, uh, I like what Agar's doing at the moment as well. He's really coming in with a lot of intent to score. I know he doesn't get a lot of balls, but again, it's the same thing. If he can come in, he might face five balls, gets 10 runs. That's, that's job, job done in my eyes. That's, that's yeah. awesome. And Andy, the, po- the POMs... Um they, they've really improved their white ball cricket, you know, 50 over cricket. Oh. But T20, they can just keep going. Like Tom Curran at 9 or 10, Rashid at 10, you know. And they've got belief, the bastards. Yep. They, we, used to, we used to always have that over them. They, they used to be the choke team, you know, That's, and that was yep. so much fun. You know, I used to love that, but it's all changed. They've got belief. They can win at home. Um, and it's, it's a little bit frightening. That's why it was, you know, disappointing that when when Australia let that first one crumble so badly because it, it was kind of un, unlike us uh, of yesteryear, but yeah. we've had those worries, those collapses of, of late um, and not controlling games to the end. But I think, obviously, if they play more, it'll improve. But we used to rely on the POMs for that kind of thing and um, <laughs> it, seems, it seems like they're not doing it, which is, which is a real shame. Yeah, they've got, you're right, they've got that belief and, and I think that's come from, I reckon they started this process four, five, six years ago where they started building their white ball team around a few blokes and then they got these games in them, um, started backing them and all of a sudden they start performing and then you start to believe in yourself that you're good enough to play at that level because it doesn't matter how many times someone tells you, mate, you're good enough to do this, until you do it and until you believe it yourself, Mm. you're never going to think you're there and you're never going to perform at your peak. So they all look like they believe they should be there and therefore they're they're going to come out and, and play some pretty important games. And don't underestimate luck in this one. I know you make your own luck, everyone says, but their World, their World Cup win was some of the weirdest stuff going on. They nearly didn't make the finals. Yeah. Like they had that slump before it was mm. just hauling. Everyone was laughing at them. And then they just got it right at the right time. Just. And snuck through, just snuck through a few games the weirdest World Cup win of all time, people will still dispute it because they hit more fours or something. Uh, but that that catapults belief and, and, and I reckon those little results falling their way 
you start to get a bit of run on and momentum. And you see it with AFL as well. Yeah. It, it just, you just, you start believe you can win the close ones. And, uh, and then it gives you a huge advantage when, you, when you're there again. Do you mention that because Carlton won the close one last night, mate? <laughs> no, we're normally on the receiving end of those, bud. But, uh, but, uh, but I mean, it's a good case in point, actually. Carlton, over the last few years, if it got close, we're going to lose. You could see them panic. You could see them go, gosh, I can't believe we're still in this game. You know, that was that, that protective mindset where this year it's changed. They've, they've won a bunch of the close ones, probably 60-40 in their favour, which is, which is great and, and a sign of growth. And I think similarly our, our Aussie cricket team at the moment needs to find that belief a little bit to, uh, to make sure we can close that game. Yeah, like it. Call. I mean, that belief where you can win from any scenario. Yeah. You no, know, Carlton come back six or seven goals there. Um, you know, it's been a a trend really with the Australian team. You, you feel like they back themselves there. One, one other bloke I wanted to talk about, we've all seen the BBL, but I was talking to an Australian batsman a couple of years ago about facing him and just said it was so tough because he bowls it into the wicket, um, particularly if you've got to come out and score straight away. Is Adil Rashid, who... Yeah. Had another dominant series. I, I don't know if you've faced him much, Pete, but, um, you know, talking to the Aussie batsmen at the time, it was really like um, you can't afford to, to have new batsmen come out to him. You know, you want the no. set batsmen to be able to, not necessarily take him down, but not allow him to get wickets and tick it over. I was, I was actually fortunate enough to play with uh, Adele at, um, at Yorkshire for a season. So I got to see firsthand... Um, what he would do to opposition teams, and it was just—it was just amazing. Like if he—if he got a wicket in his in his first over and was able to get a new batsman out there, he'd end up with about three or four wickets in his four overs, and you, the game's done. Like he just had that control. Guy, it's it's so hard to score off him. He's got all the tricks, and he's he's really really accurate. So, like it, it's easy to say, oh, let's just let's just milk him for six singles and over and try and target the other guys. But you miss a couple of singles, all of a sudden you then try and hit a boundary to catch up, you get out, and that's that's three or four dots in a row. The other bloke's under the pump. Like, he's just, he's really, really good. I think I think at times can be underrated what, what he's done for the England T20 Tide and the one-day side when he plays. And that was what's disappointing about game one of the, of the series here. He didn't have a strong game. We were right on top of him. I know that, that Maxi dismissal was was, was it his last ball. I think of his. Well, he got he got a wicket on his last ball in all three games, um, and I think it was yeah like Maxi Stoin and Smudger. So yeah. three big wickets as well. So he's... you know what I'm you know what I'm visualising now, Alfie Langer kicking that that rubbish bin. <laughs> yeah, three times there. They're all a bit. It takes it with him, Andy. Yeah, because, you know, Maxwell's won in game one. Well, we were, we were well out in front and oh. you just feel like it's going to be, you know, and look, I know we, we take that with Max. He, was, he, he struck it okay, but, um, <laughs> but then, but Stoins was really peculiar with uh, the, the late cut to, <laughs> to first slip. Yeah, off the middle of that. Saw that one flip. Yeah, no, no, um, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously he has people worried all the way down to his last ball. We, we, we talked about that in, in the rooms with certain players in the Big Bash as well. Narayan was one who had a stellar season where he was playing for uh, the Renegades and it was a matter of, okay, let's make sure we just don't lose wickets to this bloke and, and, and take him for six and over. That's it. That's all we need in a T20 game, which seems real unders, or even five and over. Seems real unders. But 
you're going to be in a better position having your better batsman take on the, uh, the other guys, which I thought was fascinating being in the rooms talking about that. That was brilliant. It was great that uh, I think that was actually you that brought that up to the team and, and told the boys actually how to play these guys just from just from your experiences. So thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Hand that, that bit of IP there, a and Pete, a bit of BBL news too. The yeah, 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 bit bit happening in the BBL. Um, the one that the one that's really excited me here, uh, Fluminando, is. We have the potential to have our first Indian cricket player in the BBL. Yuvraj Singh, at currently sitting at 38 years old, probably going to be 39 by the time BBL starts. Um, get him in. Let's get him. Let's yep. find a way. This is great. Yeah, agreed. No one wears bigger casual sunglasses than Yuvraj. You <laughs> need those big goggles just strutting around uh, the Crown Casino for, for, for the stars, I would have thought. But, um, oh, yeah. Can you but imagine uh, what, what that opens up overseas TV markets too, doesn't it? Like, um, yeah. you know, the Indians don't watch the BBL as much, obviously. There's, there's no Indians playing. Um, you know, we're such a multicultural country. You know, it would be massive. be absolutely huge. I mean, he's got uh, a couple of stats here, 231 T20 uh, domestic matches that's that's crazy um, and a great experience for anyone who can pick him up if if it can happen uh, because if he can pass on that knowledge to a few players uh, that's that's just awesome uh, averaging 25 striking at 130 is good going very good going for a guy that comes down in the, in the middle order to lower order as well so got onto a couple with Stuart broad one over two didn't he yeah I think he mentioned that in a tweet a couple of weeks ago so um, yeah, when, when Brody got 500 wickets, wasn't it? Yeah. Or something. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. There's been a change, Andy, because um, the odd name had come up, I know, when I was involved with the with the Stars. And, you know, as soon as it got progressed, no, BCCI, no. Um, they've allowed women's cricketers to, to play in T20 comps, but not for the men. But um, I wouldn't say it's floodgates, but... You know, if if you why is that, mate? Is it is it for injury? Is it why why wouldn't they have them? No, these these were former players, recent like Yuvraj, retired from India. But I, I just think they wanted their IPL to be the premium, and right. probably at odds with what CA have done over the years. Um, you know, the IPL want the best their own best domestic players playing. Yeah, and and if you can't see them, the only place you get to see them is in your league. Um, does that give it more prestige? And, you know, it, it probably does to a degree, but um, for the individual, you, you, you're not giving them the opportunity, you know, to, to play in what we think is at least second best T20 league in the world. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And the um, comms too, Pete. Yep, yep. Just going to say that we've got, uh, it looks like Besto um, could be coming over, uh, which is exciting. There's There's been... Potential rumours he might be going to the Stars, which, if that's the case, that top order is going to be ridiculous and I'm glad I've left because I probably wouldn't get a game. <laughs> hey, hey, did you, Andy, did you just hear that? Yeah. What, did, what do you mean you've just left? Mate, might have just left something slip there, uh, Flem. Um, what? Funnily enough, yeah, I have today uh, announced that... I'm actually moving to the Hurricanes oh. and uh, and not playing with the Stars anymore, which is uh, 
absolutely uh, shattering news for the for myself and the and the well, I hope the franchise because I absolutely love the boys and I loved loved everyone there and you know you two were were stars uh, through and through as well. So that hurts. That hurts. We've got a man up here. Good, good luck, Pete. And he's done it over Zoom, Daniel. Not even face to face. That's it. I did it by text early with a couple of boys, mate. It's, uh... You're not part of the deal, are you, Andy? You're not stealing the old chief hydration officer, I've eh? Asked, I've actually have been asked to go down to Hobart to uh, <laughs> to, to, to run drinks. Yeah. Georgie Bailey was trying to coach me down there with Riley uh, at one point. Um, would have been. James Faulkner there now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ex stars there. Oh, they're yeah. good. Good, they're a good team. It's also a great. It's a great little city as well. Yeah, so, um, Scotty Boland and, and Matty Wade, ex stars, mate. We're just yeah. Let's get down there. Yeah, but um, but it must have been a big decision, though, Pete. In all seriousness, and yeah, in all, in all role definition, or yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of my game, I, I I think it was about opportunity and trying to um trying to get myself back into you know, potential higher honours and, and showing um, showing what I can do. So, uh, you know, with the Hurricanes, I think I'm, I'm going to have the opportunity to bat, uh, well, at least bat top four. Um, mm. And then depending on what happens with Wadey and, and the international bubble this year, there's there's also that potential to open the batting. And I think it's hard to hard to knock that back um, because that's, that's the opportunity that I... I think I need and I, I feel at this time in my career to, to hopefully, you know, restart um, restart something special. Yeah. And you'll keep, will you keep then Pete if, if Wadey's in that bubble? Uh, well, they've also got Benny McDermott as well, so... Um, and potentially a couple of other... They're Doran. Uh, they've got yeah, about... They've, yeah. got, they've got 22 keepers. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive. It's insane it's down there. I think there. it's a prerequisite, actually, to play for the Hurricanes, you have to be a keeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Pete, Pete couldn't even find the gloves in my brother's team, so it's going to be tough. <laughs> keep getting knocked out of these. I'll turn up there. I've got my gloves. I'm like, I'm ready to go, guys. You know how about it? And they just go, Nah, nah. Nice try, mate. Not, not today, mate. Well, congratulations. I'll be wishing you well and uh, and keeping close eye on it. And I understand. And Billy Stanley, you don't have to face him at the, in the nets. Yeah, thank God for that, Ando. Um, that's that's. The one I was really excited about is there's that there's a trade. We've had another trade in the BBL. Um, Frankie Worrell for for uh, Billy Stanlake, and yeah, good timing to leave because Big Bill comes bustling in at 140 to 150 and doesn't pitch too many up. So um, I'm petrified in the nets at the best of times. So it's uh, it's going to be good just to, to miss that one. You know, it could be a bit of a win, isn't it? Like with the bigger boundaries. Billy Bowling short, you know, you've got to take him on, big shot. And then Frankie um, already playing shield cricket in South Australia can get the ball and, and swing it early. Yeah, I think that's a really good trade for both teams, to be perfectly honest. Um, like you said, big boundary square at the MCG. Billy's natural length is shorter rather than fuller. So when he, when he bowls his best, and I think when he bowls his fastest, it's going over the top of the stumps, which is which is hard for batsmen to hit back over his head. So with that extra size, um, especially in comparison to Adelaide, which is very short square, I think this is a great move for mm. Billy. And then with, with Frankie, he looks to pitch it up because he's a swing bowler. So he's going to swing the ball both ways, look to pitch it up. Adelaide have longer boundaries straight. 
So again, you're pitching it up. If Batsman are trying to look to hit over his head, that's going to be a tougher shot uh, to actually clear the rope. So I think that's a, a great move for him as well. Yeah, well, that was Andy. Pete's news week. I think we'll stick with that one, Pete. Short. Yeah, um, no, that's not short and sweet, mate. Now, another segment here, Andy. Uh, we've got uh, one of your mates, uh, Limo, to pick a theme cricket 11 last week. He doubled up. Yep. Uh, what have you got for us this week, Andy? Uh, I want to put together the bald 11. <laughs> yes. Now, they have to have committed to being bald. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want your warnies. No. Uh, no, no interest. Uh, your gangoolies, your punters. No, it's not this. It's not what do you the mean? Thinning eleven. What do you mean, punter? <laughs> this is not the thinning eleven. <laughs> All eleven. Okay. Need to need to get some clarification of you people though as I go through. I'm thinking a T20 team. I'm trying to put put together. Um, Callus. Are we allowing him? He held on for a while. Are we allowing him as a bald, or do you reckon he he didn't quite play his best as a bald guy? What's what's his current? What's Jack doing currently? I think he's bald now, isn't he? I think he's rocking it. Yeah, I think he's taking it off. He's gone, Jason Statham, um, Bruce Willis. So I'll take that. No, okay, Callis, Callis, okay, okay. So let me start with. I think. I mean, again, just to put some 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 pals in here as well. I thought Quiney Dunk to open. I know it's two left-handers, but um, that's helpful. Callus, then, if we're going to allow it, we've got the choice of Callus and Herschel or Herschel Gibbs at three. What are you thinking, guys? Well, Jack, you know, gives you a bowling option. Yeah. Um, Gibbsy, brilliant in the field and loose. But I feel feel Gibbs took on the bald head a lot earlier than Callus. And, and that should be taken into a consideration, Pete. Feel, Spot on. So. Well, let's go with both of them. Let's push. Let's we, we might be able to find a bench then, and we can, <laughs> we can rearrange. But let's go. Cal, would we go Callus three Gibbs four, or the other way around? Other way around. Mm. Other way around. Okay. Yep. Ben Lynn. Chris <laughs> Lynn. Obviously, we can't miss out on him. Wicked keepers, I found tough. Matt Pryor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Committed to being bald. He came out and played some T20 out here. Did he play Stars or was it before that with the Vicks? Nah, he didn't play Stars. Um, who did he play with? He played with Sydney Sixers, didn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he was a Sydney team. Okay. Can't remember. But anyway, Pryor could be our keeper unless you guys can think of another one. Yeah, I mean, that's one sign of Australian wicket keepers. That they like them with hair. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's why Pete's such a good chance to get the to get the nod. What a great rug that Hanscom's running with. I reckon I'm in the thinning eleven there, and <laughs> that's what I've got hat on. <laughs> I'm trying to think when I reckon we might have to go back to Bird Oldfield in the body line. Would you take Would you take an AB de Villiers who has come into the ball very very late in his career? Ooh, I nah. He's not known for baldness at the moment. The good thing about the bald 11 is you can have a development 11 because you know they're on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a good career path. Okay, so for me, for my offie, there's a few options. Obviously, Mo and Ali. Yeah. Um, Agar uh, is, they're probably going for the same spot. And then 
they, they, they obviously goes to the batting as well. But then Michael Beer in his heyday, um, I'd be shamed to miss out on Beery as well. So we've got some decisions there, but there's three choices. I also thought maybe Darren Lehman should sit in there at six perhaps as well. Um, I, I just would have thought, I, I, I thought you were going to say both. Um, Buff, yeah, Buff's Buff, uh, got to be in there. But again, when we talk about... He's ending up in a lot of 11s, the beer 11, the bald 11. He's just an all-round player. He's, he's <laughs> on and off the field. He knows what he's doing. Funny enough, um, the Buff, I don't know if you know, but the nickname Buff is from Buffont. Because as oh, a really? young fella, he had the big Buffont. <laughs> That's not even better. So then we've also got Nathan Lyon as an opportunity for the wrist spin as well. So really tough. Beery obviously left arm, but Lyon, Agar, Moen Alley, tough decision for us there. Um, Chris Harris is also has to probably get in there. I know it seems strange, but what a great one-day all-round player. If he was around when when T, he would have made, he'd be a very high-paid T Twenty player if he had, if he was just a little um, younger, I reckon. Yeah, he's a little one twenty kilometer an hour straight sliding little nippers, um, and he was a bit like Bevo with the bat; he could get things done. Um, so yeah, he, he was unlucky that T Twenty was invented after his time. Um, but I thought he'd—I'd like to put him in there. Um, didn't find room for Nasser Hussain or Andrew Strauss. Just I don't think flamboyant enough for a T20 side, but what do you guys think? Well, compare that. You're comparing the current Australia, uh, England one-day white ball team T20. Yeah. I, I was bowling to Atherton, Hussain, yeah. <laughs> batsmen like that. They, they, they were maxing out at 220 and 50 overs, so I can't. Yeah. I can't get it. No, you've made no. the right decision there. Here's the tough one. I mean, we don't have a lot of fast bowling stocks. Um, obviously, we've got big Johnny Hastings at his heyday. Yeah. He, uh, Bollinger, um, yeah. where the, you know, he did commit. <laughs> he, you know, that would probably have to go to a review, a review board to see whether he's allowed because he did commit to the rug for a lot longer than he should have but in more recent times. Did you ever see that um, when they did a, um, a snick? Uh, Snicko, yeah. and, and, and they they went into the pack, and they actually picked up um, Dougie's ball patch in the IPL. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, not not a lot of fast bowlers. I might have the name wrong, but Timo Best, is it Timo yeah. Best. Best. Yeah. Timo Best, uh, he he was he's bald and uh, he he was particularly quick at times as well. He seemed, seemed to be a bit loose at times though. Loose uh, and, and loves referring to himself in the third person, <laughs> which, um, which Flem loves. So you know, <laughs> but mate, if you got Tino Best and Bollinger opening the bowling, it is loose. There's some firing, there's some fire, but also there's also not a lot of accuracy. So it, it puts a lot of pressure on our on our spin bowlers and maybe Johnny Hastings. But can you think of any other quick bowlers that have bought bowl? I've got I've got one, uh, but not well not well known. But a, a Jade Herrick played a lot of uh, state cricket. Um, yep. Rocked a headband, even though he was bald. So not entirely sure what was going on there. We could save it for the tattoo eleven too, Jakey. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. both we, of his legs. 
full of cartoon characters. But the sweat starting at the top of your scone, picking up momentum. Like yeah. all, all yeah. of us just have sweat starting kind of mid-brow. He would have it right at the top of the crown and that sweat would be coming out at a rate of knots. So maybe the headband was worth it. The other one, Dimi Mascarenas. Um, a great ball player. He's, at the moment, he's not bald. Um, he's actually got himself a nice short back and side. So, and it's fine. So he was going bald by choice. And I'm just not sure whether no, he's gone. that's allowed. What, what a wonderful T20 player, Dimmy. And he's just okay. got himself unselected. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. No, exactly. So uh, we'll, we'll tag him in this, I reckon, Dimmy. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I've gone more than 11 there, but. That's what I'm. That's where I'm. What I'm seeing at the moment. Well, I reckon you've got your quicks. I, I just think we need to make a call on your spinner, Agar, Beer, Moanelli, or Lyon, Nathan Lyon, Nathan Lyon. Who do you want? She. Surely, well, in my eyes, there's only one choice. And I think you know who that is. Beery. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he hung in there a bit. You know, Ashton just got rid of it. Um, yeah, we yeah. spoke about it earlier about the average bloke being able to play cricket. It, if he's not the average bloke, then I don't know who is. Exactly, exactly. You, I think you two were both talking about hiding him on the forty-five. I remember correctly, if yeah. I'm right, I'm saying. Yeah, we definitely have to hide hide him at a short third man or just around the corner. But it'd be worthwhile. Also, just seeing how angry he gets when he gets hit for four. I'm 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 pretty excited to have that in my team. Uh, Andy, that, Pete, we're happy with that. Stoked with that. We that get that, we get that eleven going. That, that, that'll take on beer elevens and hates eleven. Andy, that's just quality, mate. Thanks. Absolute quality. Great pleasure. Yeah, it was, it look, it's some tough. To, look, Chris Harris, I think, will be the most excited to be back out there. He's <laughs> back in. Dimmy will be. I wouldn't be surprised if Dimmy listens to this and it's gone. Yeah, the next day, yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what's gone. It's gone quickly, and that's pretty much it for the biology report. Um, I just want to give a shout out, Pete, um, to our one Cambodian listener during the week. Um, it was from Phnom Phnom Penh cricket, and I looked up Phnom there. Penh. What is it? Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh. Have you been no, there? No, no, fuff. no, no, just a Phnom Phnom Penh. Phnom. Yeah. Oh, I thought there was an F. Phnom Penh. And if the one listener, you know, I reckon it is. I reckon it's Shivam Singh, who just punched out 42 off 25 balls for the Cambodia Board 11 to get them over the line. Shivam, yeah. this was for you. Um, we'll be Man. back next week. We'll wrap up the one day series. IPL starting. The Aussie girls are taking on the Kiwis. Um, I think we're going to go out with Dwayne Bravo's champion because we've had a champion on today. <laughs> Andy Lee, thank you very much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.